We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. We have a 49ers win to talk about. They beat the Houston Texans 23-7. Trey Lance started a quarterback. We're going to talk about that. Talk about the 49ers defense and how they did. And let's get into it. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Maybe an all-time weird 49ers. It was really, really odd. Why do you say that? Because the first 30 minutes, like, I had multiple group chats where I had people asking when the last 0-0 tie in the NFL was. And it didn't look that ridiculous until the the Texans churned out a 14-play, 80-yard drive for a touchdown. And then the Niners don't take any time off the clock and they punt and then they get a sack and call a timeout and then Houston punts and then the Niners offense suddenly looks competent and more competent than it had at any point and they get the field goal before the half and then in the second half they just looked fine like everything looked normal and the game went how I think a lot of people kind of expected it to go the Niners dominated the final 30 minutes but the first 30 was like, which one of these teams is fighting for a playoff spot? And to get to, to we'll start with Trey Lance because it's kind of the big story. It was, it was really clear, like, oh, this is a rookie making his second NFL start. And all the concerns that you and I had that we talked about on this podcast kind of came to fruition, right? Like, it just looked like a really basic game plan, one that really resembled what we saw in Arizona. And as a result, they nearly had their last their their first scoreless half since that game in Arizona. And once it, it was like in that last drive before the half, 
Shanahan kind of just took the training wheels off and they ran their offense and it worked. And I don't know why it took them so long to just do that. And it was just bizarre. It was like two very different games. If all you watched was the first half, you're walking away from that game. You're walking away from those 30 minutes going, wow, the 49ers aren't beating anyone ever with Trey Lance at quarterback. But if you watched only the second half, you're going, wow, he needs to start all of the rest of the games. So it's bizarre. It's weird. I wasn't, I didn't really think about the end of the first half too much until I was in the car driving home from the game. And the thought popped into my head because we, you know, Kyle Shanahan and it happened in Tennessee. It's happened a bunch of different times before, before the end of the the first half, he says, you know, they always want to score. They always want to, he calls it lapping the team, right? Especially if you get, if you get to receive the second half kickoff, if you can score before halftime, that like Kyle Shanahan loves doing that. It's like getting a two for one in basketball. And we see Steph Curry do it all the time. But against Tennessee, after Jimmy Garoppolo had thrown an interception, Kyle Shanahan was just going to sit on the ball. And it was abundantly clear that he didn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo not to turn the ball over. And he said it after the game, he didn't aggressively push the ball downfield because he didn't want Jimmy Garoppolo to turn the ball over. Well, after Trey Lance had thrown an interception, the 49ers had 38 seconds uh, to try to get into field goal range. And what does Kyle Shanahan do with his rookie quarterback? He pushes the ball downfield and tries to kick a field goal. I guess he didn't like the, I guess he didn't like the defensive line matchup. (laughs) I, I sent the tweet out. And I said, it turns out you you can score points before halftime by trying to push the ball downfield. And ultimately, you know, and you'll, you'll listen to this Monday. And, and if you subscribe to the Sacramento Bee, you can you can read my column about the case for starting Trey Lance next week against the Rams in the finale. And what I didn't include the column, which I wish I did, was that. It's notable as hell to me that Kyle Shanahan trusted Trey Lance in that moment to try and go kick a field goal despite throwing an interception. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo had that had thrown an interception and we saw it against Tennessee, he's not pushing the ball downfield. He's sitting on the ball before halftime. Right. More than likely anyway. Right. And so it's just, to me, the game... I mean, it was a game played between two rookie quarterbacks, but ultimately you made the right point in that the second half was sort of what we expected in that even with Trey Lance being a rookie and not being as polished as Jimmy Garoppolo and and still being kind of rough around the edges would ultimately make enough plays and the play calling in terms of, you know, Kyle Shanahan being able to get guys open um the surrounding the supporting cast like Brandon Ayuk had a really nice game today mm-hmm. Debo Samuel had a slow start but then came on and scored the touchdown late um the throw to George Kittle at the end even though I, th- I think that came before a field goal when the game was sort of out of hand like you saw the signs that differentiate Trey Lance from uh, from from Jimmy Garoppolo, and particularly with pushing the ball downfield. And I know Next Gen Stats had the number um, that that Trey Lance averaged what over eleven yards, eleven and a half, eleven. Why, why don't you read it? Because I don't have the tweet up in front of me right now. Or actually, I'm I'm pulling it up as we speak. 
Trey Lance brought a vertical. This is from at Next Gen Stats. Lance averaged the most air yards per attempt, 11 and a half, and threw for the most yards on 10 plus air yard passes, 205, by any 49ers quarterback in a game over the last three seasons. Man. So one of the indictments of Jimmy Garoppolo is the fact that the 49ers do not push the ball aggressively downfield when he's at quarterback, either outside the numbers or just downfield in general, right? It's a lot of like short, quick passing game, which can be really difficult to defend. But when you pack the middle of the field and you're trying to stop the run, you'd really love the dynamic in your offense to be able to go over the top and, and make deep plays. It was only Trey Lance's second start. And it feels like he can do that. Right. And so that could unlock a lot. And and look, like another takeaway I had, like I feel like Trey Lance should start against the Rams next week, unless Jimmy Garoppolo is 100% healthy. But I have less conviction in that take than I thought I would have coming out of this game. Hmm. Right. Like I, I came into I got to the stadium Sunday thinking Trey Lance is probably going to look pretty good if we believe the idea that the 49ers had been pushing this week and previous weeks that Lance has gotten considerably better on the practice field. But like, all right, I've seen what it looks like in training camp. I was impressed by some of what I saw in the preseason. Obviously, the Arizona game wasn't great, but there were a little there were flashes here and there. Mm-hmm. I thought we would see like a more polished Trey Lance. And, and I think we saw some of those things, but it's still very clear. He's a rookie quarterback, but I think you only start Jimmy, like you trust Jimmy Garoppolo more at this point. He's just a more trustworthy player while also understanding the ceiling of the offense is much higher with Trey Lance at quarterback because of that, because of his ability to push the ball downfield. And then he could, you know, scramble and make plays with his legs and and do those other things, which he'll get more comfortable doing. I don't think one thing I came away today thinking is I don't think you make Trey Lance a featured part of your running game. I no, think you make it I an agree. ancillary part of your running game, but he's not he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Kyler Murray. He's not even younger Russell Wilson like <laughs> him lowering his shoulder into NFL linebackers and even DBs is just not working for him. So, like, take those hits off of Trey Lance. Continue running the ball like you did if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. If you have an, if you have a look where Trey Lance is a wide open running lane, take 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 advantage of it. But um, overall, it was it, he got better as the game went on. Um, it wasn't like the most encouraging performance because it was against Houston and the 49ers got some breaks, namely. You know, the Marcel Harris fumble, which Fred Warren even admitted after the game that they got away with one. Yeah. Um, and then the next play or a couple of plays later was the the pass interference to Brandon Ayuk, which seemed questionable at best. And also like a play, a call that the 49ers hadn't gotten all year. Like that was That's one element of the 49ers true. offense. It doesn't seem like they've had is just like because Davis Mills could do it He'd like throw it deep and if your receivers beat somebody you're there's a decent chance you'll get a pass interference call the 49ers right. haven't gotten that and right. that could be in part because Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the ball downfield anyway I'm ranting here but like it was solid enough for Trey for me from Trey Lance to feel better about starting him week 18 than a compromised Jimmy Garoppolo because if Jimmy Garoppolo is not healthy 
and he comes out and throws three picks and you lose by a touchdown in LA, then it's like, well, and that's, <laughs> you, and that's, you went down after, after trading all these picks for Trey Lance. Like to me, I just think you roll with Trey. And if you're Kyle Shanahan, you need to be a good enough coach to where you can maximize Trey and go win that game. Right. And I think that the encouraging part of what I saw from Lance on Sunday was how much better he got in the second half and how much more comfortable he looked as the game went on. And it was enough that if I'm looking at week 18 and saying, Hey, he gets another full week of, of practice knowing that he's the starter and he gets a second consecutive start. Maybe he stays settled in and continues to get better. And now if he is 15% better to start next week's game, and by the end of the game is 20% better. I'm picking numbers. But if he's that little bit better, what percentage does Garoppolo have to be? Because he's not going to be 100%. That's what Shanahan said after the game. He doesn't have to be 100% to, to start, and he's not going to be. Like he, has a, he has a ligament torn off the bone in his thumb. He's not going to be 100%. But what percentage of Jimmy Garoppolo is better than 100% of Trey Lance right now? Yeah. And from what we saw in the second half, I mean, is 75% Jimmy Garoppolo better than that? I don't, I don't know. And maybe not is 75% Jimmy Garoppolo better than that. Is 75% Jimmy Garoppolo harder to defend than that's, that's Trey Lance to me? Because if you go into a game like, Oh, Hey, the Niners might throw the ball down the field. And now we have to watch Debo Samuel on deep throws. And when they do those, how many times it was, it was two or three times today where Lance, they just, they did the little rollout with the high low. And I feel like Garoppolo every time goes to the low guy and Lance waits for the deeper receiver to get open and he throws it. Mm -hmm. And I just, the Niners are definitely harder to defend, but at what point do you take? Garoppolo knows where to go with the football. He's going to find Debo Samuel on those in-cutting routes. He's going to find George Kittle 10 to 12 times a game. Like what? I don't, I don't have the number and I guess Kyle Shanahan does and will determine that throughout the week. But if I'm betting on it, I can't imagine Garoppolo is healthy enough by Sunday to justify starting him over Lance. Lance wasn't that bad for most of Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't throw it all this week. He was Kyle Shanahan said on Friday, maybe Garoppolo would throw Saturday, see how it goes. Jimmy Garoppolo did not even throw Saturday. And he didn't throw, if he threw Sunday, it happened like on the practice field. Um, but it definitely didn't happen during warmups inside Levi's Stadium. And Kyle Shanahan said he didn't he didn't think that Garoppolo threw or he didn't see any didn't see it anyway. So like we talked about it, it might be a four to six week injury. And like, you know, you're looking at two and a half weeks, essentially. If you, if you play Jimmy Garoppolo week 18, like if Jimmy Garoppolo needs a brace on his hand, which he currently has mm-hmm. to stabilize his thumb. I just don't know how you, like, I, I don't understand how you can play him because the, the thing with Trey Lance, the difference is Trey Lance could have, 
three bad plays out of 10. And maybe Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. has one, one or two. But of those 10 plays, one or two of them could be a 50-yard touchdown. Right. Whereas Jimmy Garoppolo's best plays are quick-hitting slant routes where Debo Samuel breaks three tackles and gets 40 yards. Right. Right. So, like, it's your margin of error. While Trey Lance might make some mistakes, he might be better equipped to make up for those mistakes with big plays. And the explosive element of the 49ers offense is something that's, I think, increased significantly with Trey Lance. So overall, like the game, the offense didn't play well. They took advantage of some opportunities. Trey Lance certainly settled down. I think the field goal drive at the end of the first half was pretty important. And and Mm -hmm. Trey Lance said it after the game that that's really how he sort of built his rhythm. Um, He averaged 10.8 yards per attempt, which is crazy good. And did that um, without a there was the Brandon IU long run after the catch of the 43 yarder, um, where he drilled a good throw into the middle of the field and and IU broke a tackle and ran after the catch. But it was a lot of like we talked about throwing the ball down the field, not relying on yards after the catch to generate big plays in the passing game. Yeah, not relying solely on it. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking at, you know, George Kittle deep 29 yards. Um, unbelievable catch by the way unbelievable catch yeah he was like falling down because he got tripped up and there was pass interference called in the play and he, he still made the catch still pulled it down one hand just it was ridiculous. a great throw like the longest the longest plays were all trey lance passes mm-hmm. right with the exception of elijah mitchell's 37 yard run late in the fourth quarter um so you know i i just think that you're invested enough to trey lance in trey lance to like be in this position mm-hmm. right like you ultimately did it in part because you wanted a better insurance policy for jimmy garoppolo mm-hmm. this is why you got him this is why you drafted him like for the future obviously but like a compromised jimmy garoppolo and you know we've seen jimmy garoppolo play hurt before albeit on a sprained ankle and it was that dolphins game where he threw a couple picks and the Niners got blown out Mm-hmm. And so we we should say too, like Niners clinch a playoff spot with a win, um, or a Saints loss. The Saints right. are traveling to Atlanta. Those are the two scenarios. That's it. That's really it. Yeah, there's there's, I mean there there might be other seating stuff, but like they can't get into the playoffs without one of those two things happening. And if both happen, then then they're good. But it's really that simple. And so they it's they need to beat the Rams like they absolutely have to and I mean to me if Kyle Shanahan goes into that game with a compromised Jimmy Garoppolo and they lose because of it that in my mind looks a hell of a lot worse than playing Trey Lance and losing because he's just a rookie quarterback going against a good team Mm -hmm. because ultimately they're not going to if they miss the playoffs they're not going to miss the playoffs because of week 18 they're going to miss right. the playoffs because of the Seattle game, the Tennessee game, uh, the, the Colts game, the Colts game, the second Arizona game, like the first Arizona game too. Well, in the first Arizona game too, but like the Packers game. Yeah. The Packers game. But to me, there were, there are just so many like winnable games against teams that they were better than, you totally. know, like the Packers game that happens. 
right? That could have happened to, to any team, really. Mm. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but like it's Aaron Rodgers winning a game at the last second. Oh, like, I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. sorry, like sorry. That, that happens. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. losing a game because Jimmy Garoppolo's interceptions and all those things, like that's going to be the reason why the 49ers don't make the playoffs. Not because Trey Lance wasn't ready week 18. Does that make sense? Like yes. That's how I'm going to view it. If they miss the playoffs, they're going to be a nine and eight team. Right. Which, and only two uh, of those losses are going to come in Trey Lance's starts. If Trey Lance. Congratulations starts. to Kyle Shanahan for securing his second season above 500 as a head coach. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm with you. If you roll out a 60% Jimmy Garoppolo and your offense is all exotic run plays and throws behind the line of scrimmage and, I just don't, I don't think that's going to fly anymore. Like we've seen that version of the 49ers game plan a couple times and once against the Rams, like Garoppolo's second game back, I think it was the week after that Dolphins game was against the Rams at Levi stadium and Garoppolo was still compromised. And that was the game that he averaged like 1.2 a dot. Um, so average depth of target. So I just don't think that's going to fly. Like if he can't throw the ball down the field in the way that he does it, if he's not even going to threaten a defense beyond 10 yards, I don't know how you justify starting him after again, Lance wasn't awesome on Sunday. It wasn't like, wow, he needs to start. And if Jimmy Garoppolo is hundred percent, like if you told me right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be hundred percent, his thumb is going to heal up. He's going to be fine. I would say to start Garoppolo. Yeah. Same. It, I, it wouldn't even be a question, but I saw enough from Trey Lance today to say, Hey, whatever health, however healthy Garoppolo is realistically going to be by Sunday. I think you have to go with Lance. Yeah. And I think not only for Sunday, but when you look at next year, like if he goes in and wins that game against LA or plays well in a loss, you're going into next year, a season where you're handing him the keys. He got two huge starts, won one of them, and has that added experience under his belt. I just think the 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 pros of starting Lance, win or lose, it's really hard to justify. Like, hey, yeah, we're going to start a 60% Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And, and ultimately, too, like, say you start Trey Lance. Say say the Niners lose and the, and the Saints lose and the Niners back into the playoffs. You can go back to Jimmy Garoppolo because there's a better chance he's healthy to start the playoffs because you do have that extra week. Mm-hmm. Right. Ultimately, like, his – I don't think his thumb is going to get better by him playing football. No, <laughs> you know, that's it's why right. he's it, not throwing is because they think him not throwing is going to give him the best chance to heal. <laughs> so even it like getting Jimmy, if, if you believe that Jimmy Garoppolo needs another week to get to close to 100 percent to where you feel better than him playing against Trey Lance, then you're still benefiting from playing Trey Lance, right? Yes. Week 18. All right, guys, it comes down to this. It's week 18. The 49ers need to win. In LA, they can lose, but they'd need some help. If they win, they punch their ticket to the postseason. And lucky for you, 49ers fan, they're playing in this state. They're playing just down I-5 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And you're going to want to be in the building for that. 
Because if they win, they're going to the playoffs for the first time since 2019. And okay, you need tickets now. Well, there's no need to exhaust yourself going all over the internet, Google searches and asking friends and trying to go on different social media sites looking for tickets. No, go to TickPick.com. That's TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. It's the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need is your go-to for all NFL tickets. So you're going to go on, and you're going to purchase tickets, and they're going to be the price that they're shown when you buy them because TickPick got rid of all the service fees and all those weird charges that when you go to check out, make your tickets way more expensive than you were expecting to pay, and that allows them to guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So this is the part of the read where I'm supposed to do like I'm talking about like an upcoming game or something like that. The Niners have one game left, guys. They're in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium against the Rams. If they win. They are in the playoffs. It's that easy. Hop in the car, grab a couple buddies, drive down I-5 and go to this game and get your seats at TickPick. You can visit TickPick.com slash Candlestick to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com slash Candlestick and save $10, $10 that is, on your first order of 49ers tickets. It's that easy. Do that. Go watch 49ers and the Rams. Have- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. A great time. So... I think cases can be made both in the short term and long term for starting Trey. And we'll talk about, I mean, I have a feeling we're going to talk about this all week, but what, <laughs> but like going back to the game, like we talk about flow all the time, like the play action one way and the rollout and somebody's wide open. Mm-hmm. The first time, I think it was the first time they ran that and he threw it to Kyle Juszczyk and it was like a bad throw. Mm-hmm. And it was short and behind him, and they didn't really get a big gain out of it because that play is designed to get yards after the catch, right? Like mm-hmm. that wasn't a great throw. There wasn't great placement on the touchdown pass to Elijah Mitchell. It was like a shot put. 
It was like, mm-hmm. you know, a reliever in baseball who throws 102 miles an hour. And then when he gets a comebacker, he like can't yeah. throw it to first, <laughs> just has a mental block <laughs> because underhanded. Yeah. In his mind, he's like, he's so tuned to throw it 105 miles an hour that he can't just throw it to first base. Mm-hmm. I think Colin Kaepernick had that same problem sometimes. Yes. But like Lance just kind of pushed the ball to Elijah Mitchell. Like you obviously want Trey Lance to have more confidence in those types of throws. Right. But that, so that's, that was one of my other big things from, from Sunday was a lot of the mistakes he was making, both the physical ones and the, and the mental ones, I felt like were things that will come with time and with, with everything. Yeah. That's, that's why I've been so, it wasn't like, like there, there, Here's here's I would have been worried if on Sunday he was missing every throw or couldn't throw the ball down the field. Um it there's or couldn't get the couldn't get the play in right. Like if they were having to call a bunch of timeouts or they're taking delay games it's all these mistakes that is like, man, like this guy just doesn't get it. But it wasn't that it was, Hey, he threw it to a double covered George Kittle because that's where that play is designed to go. And so he went there. All right. That's a mistake. He probably doesn't make again. The touch throws like you're talking about, you just have to make those throws. And a lot of guys, you know, the difference between the difference between a Trey Lance and a Mac Jones is Mac Jones spent, an entire year at Alabama making those throws and in high school making those throws. And that was part of the thing with Trey Lance is like, he has to get there and you have to have confidence that he will, but everything we saw on Sunday was for the most part, pretty encouraging. Right. Because all the physical tools are there and now it's, you point to that Elijah Mitchell throw. Yeah. Just having the confidence to just let that throw go. Yeah, and make throw it accurately. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, this... and I was talking about this with people in the press box after the game. <laughs> ultimately, to me, like, and this is going to sound crazy, but I, I believe it wholeheartedly. Like, if you need to win, all things being equal, Jimmy Garoppolo being 100% healthy, if you need to win Sunday against the Rams, your best shot is playing Jimmy Garoppolo. If you're trying to win the Super Bowl, given the way the team is constructed and given the weakness the 49ers have, or the weaknesses the 49ers have, Trey Lance gives you a better shot at winning the Super Bowl. In my opinion, because of the way he lifts mm. the ceiling of the offense and the fact that he's unscouted and you can do so many more things schematically, in theory at least, that you can't necessarily do with Jimmy Garoppolo. And we're assuming he's getting better with reps. Yeah, under the assumption that, like, as the starter in practice, he is getting better. Right. And that's another reason why I think you you should play him against the Rams unless Jimmy Garoppolo is 100%. Because it's like, if he does just keep getting better and better, then, like, an NFC that, looked pretty impossible to win with Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. All of a sudden it's like, well, 
you never really know because we don't know what the offense is going to look like. Mm -hmm. And one thought I, I keep debating in my head and I keep asking a lot of people who are smarter than me and I get mixed answers is like, if you're a defensive coordinator, who would you rather game plan against Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? And the logic is, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, the book is out, you know what you're getting. Right. But that can be mm-hmm. effective enough to win where Trey Lance is like, well, it's a rookie quarterback. So you, a lot of guys would just say, yeah, I'll take a rookie quarterback. I can make a rookie quarterback's head spin. But also there's the element of unknown and what Kyle Shannon can do schematically. Right. So it's like, and, it feels like it's kind of a 50, 50 thing based on some of the conversations I've had. And I think too, you touched on this earlier where you talked about, he can't be a featured part of the running game. And I think that's actually a little bit to the 49ers benefit because in the second half, I didn't think the offense looked that much different than it did when Jimmy Garoppolo was in there. The throws were just further down the field. Yeah. Like the passing game was more aggressive. It wasn't anything exotic they were doing using Lance's legs. Like, yeah, they were booting him out a little bit and they were moving the pocket, but that's not something that like Tom Brady does that. You know, Dan Marino did that. Like the least mobile quarterbacks ever can move the pocket a little bit. And that's, I think, where where you have to view the, the Lance thing is, man, okay, Kyle Shanahan's going to be scheming these guys open, but now he's scheming Debo Samuel into one-on-ones down the field with a safety and has a quarterback that can hit those. Right. And, you know, for for, for every bad interception there's going to be a couple of those plays where it's like man lance made that play with his arm and that's that's the part i think that becomes more difficult to game plan for because you're used to the 49ers like hey everything's going to be between the numbers watch out for the in-breaking routes well now it's watch out for those in-breaking routes but also if you commit to that and you let brandon i you fly by you the quarterback's going to take a shot yeah and so and then and then you have the added element of I thought the most effective play he made with his legs was the the play where Samuel goes motion left and Lance turns and fakes the throw that way and then runs the design keeper up the middle for six yards to go from second and ten to third and four. Right. There was a third and eight too where he came up just short and they punted from like the forty on fourth and inches. And. The that fourth down stuff is just so weird with Kyle Shanahan. Wild stuff. Just <laughs> guessing out there. So on that play specifically for Lance, though, it that was the kind of play where it's like, man, just take off. It's third and eight. Get the first down. Right. But he was keeping his eyes up the field, keeping his eyes up the field. And by the time he decided to take off, the Texans closed in and he didn't get the first down. But if he just takes off and goes, he gets the first down easy there. Right. So I said a couple tweaks. Of, of things with, with his legs, but I really think it's his arm that makes the 49ers so much more difficult. And then having Elijah Mitchell, we talked about it before the game, is just a, a significant boost to their run game. 49ers all-time leading rusher for a rookie. Yes. Unless you're one of those weirdos that calls Ricky Waters a rookie in 1992, which he wasn't. <laughs> He was drafted in 1991. And he missed the the season, so he's a first-year player? Yeah, not a rookie, though. Difference. No, yeah, a first-year player is not a rookie. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. Like the, and we've seen sort of that concept of play work with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think about the long touchdown George Kittle had in the regular season game against the Packers in mm-hmm. 2019. The what the the play where Debo Samuel scored ultimately, mm-hmm. but watching that play as it unfolded on the field, as soon as Trey Lance pulled the play action fake, I was like, "Oh, this is Debo, and it's a touchdown," mm-hmm. because the entire defense was playing up, and Debo Samuel was sprinting down the field, and he had leverage to the complete left side of the field, like he lined up on the right side of the field. He did a double move. And there was just space for days and nobody mm-hmm. was going to be close to him. And it was like touchdown. I think I said, Nick, I was like Debo touchdown. And then like Trey Lance rolls out a little bit, then throws the pass and it's a Debo touchdown. And you just like watching it. You're just like, you, you just feel differently about the ability for those plays to happen. Right. Because mm-hmm. we see that happen so often when you're in the press box and you get, you basically get an all 22 of you, you know, you've, you're, you're mm-hmm. in there a lot you get an all 22 view of, of what's happening on the field. And there are a lot of times where it's like Jimmy Garoppolo misses guys for big gains. And mm-hmm. it was notably against the Texans or the Titans uh, last week. But like you, you just have more confidence with Trey Lance making those plays. So some of it's about Kyle Shanahan too, just becoming more comfortable as a play caller and understanding what Trey Lance is good at and what he's not good at. And I think the the quarterback keepers, I mean, quarterback power like has its place sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> but like the, the outside runs to Trey, I just don't. I'm cutting those out of the playbook, I think. Like I'm, I'm giving him the option to keep defenses honest, but like the ones where he's just keeping it and, and running outside. It's like, man, you got you got Elijah Mitchell, you got Debo Samuel, you got Jeff Wilson Jr., even got George Kittle, like give one of those guys the ball and let those guys take the hits because Trey Lance is not sliding and he's lowering his shoulder and everybody. And that's not just not sustainable. That's the play to bust out on third and one with 42 seconds left. And you need a first down to ice the game. And everybody, everybody thinks you're sneaking on like fourth and inches and you have like three defensive tackles between the a gaps. Right. (laughs) Right. Use it then. No, I'm, I'm totally with that was, that was very, very apparent today is, and I can't remember if it was you or somebody else said, and this, this really stuck with me was it stuck with me so much that I can't remember who said it, but the ideal version of Trey Lance probably looks a lot like Josh Allen with the bills. Yeah. That was me. Other people have said that, but that was me. Yeah, where Allen uses his legs, he's very athletic. Trey Lance is a great athlete, but he's not a running quarterback. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not. He is a he is the ideal version of Trey Lance. Is a pocket quarterback who can use his legs to make plays. Yes. Patrick Mahomes same way. Like in that in that same vein where you wouldn't call him a runner, but he can. He can avoid sacks, he can throw on the run. He's functionally athletic to the point where you can dial up runs for him if you get the perfect look. Mm-hmm. But I think Shan- Kyle Shanahan learned it in the week five game. Like you can incorporate Trey Lance into the running game. You can't have him be the featured part of your running game. That part never tracked with me. Did it feel like at the end of the first half on the field goal drive, did it feel like Shanahan kind of had like this, this 
<laughs> I sound like freaking Bilson. Had this kind of like effort mentality. Like training wheels off, sink or swim, dude. Like we need points. I mean, they, you got to beat the Texans. Right. Well, that and right. And that's just, <laughs> it felt so vanilla and so plain. Like it looked exactly like the Cardinals game for their first four series, five series, whatever it was. It was uncreative passing game. It was, it was designed runs for Lance. It was uncreative in the run game. Like none of the Debo Samuel runs were working. Like the Texans were just sitting on everything. And as soon as the Niners started throwing it a little bit, the Texans had no answer. They had nothing when the Niners showed that they were going to be a functioning offense beyond 10 yards. Right. And in the second half, it just looked like a Jimmy Garoppolo offense that was going to throw the ball down the field some. Right. And I don't know why that wasn't the case from the, from the jump. So I, I just, I, yeah, I, really I mean, it's his first that, time. It, it was Trey Lance's first time playing in what, two and a half months. Sure. So, I mean, so I, I understand offense the first. slow start. Yeah, I understand the slow start. But, like, again, now that he's start or playing quarterback, like, you might not have such a slow start next week. Right. And that's, and that's I mean, that's going to be the big question for Kyle Shanahan. Is, like, does starting Trey Lance mean that, Hey, you're going to have a first half where you might score three points or is it, Hey, if you start him again, you're going to pick up where you left off in the second half. And if you think that's the case, yeah, you have to feel really good about going with it. Those have those slow first halves happen with Jimmy Garoppolo too. Sure. But so to slow second halves. (laughs) Yeah. Ultimately for me, like Jimmy Garoppolo has to be spinning the ball pretty well by like thursday or friday yeah otherwise if, he if he's compromised and it's like oh it hurts or like if he has to wear a sling on his or a brace on his thumb to play it's like what are we doing right you know like you have a top three pick over here who just right. won you a football game who averaged almost 11 yards an attempt against an nfl defense a week before versus a compromised dude who the last time he played threw you out of a game you had to win yeah. go with the rookie but i will try not to harp on that too much this week and just try to talk about the game in other ways <laughs> yeah we can well let's we can dive into some other stuff uh justin herbert by the way against this texans defense last week 27 of 35 for 336 a touchdown and two picks including a game ceiling pick six. Take that with you. Um, other stuff from this game. So I wait, thought, Trey Lance is better than Justin Herbert. That's what I'm getting at. Thank you okay. for just saying it for me. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Just, you heard it here first on Candlestick Chronicles. Trey Lance. Uh, Justin Herbert, by the way, the speaking of speaking of in all seriousness, Justin Herbert, another quarterback where um, he is a throwing quarterback that uses, uses his athleticism to do other stuff. Yes. In that, I think, vein that Lance falls into in the ideal scenario for San Francisco. He's obviously not better than Justin Herbert right now. The maximized Trey Lance looks something like Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. Yes. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. Like if he reaches his full potential, that's what it could look like. Right. Okay. I needed that to be very clear because I don't need someone tweeting at me like, he's not better than Justin. Like, obviously. Thanks. 
All right. So other stuff from this game. Let's the try Niners not to defense, care about what people tweeted us. If I do safe. though. I care very much. I ignore so, it's everybody. On I know. <laughs> I know. I don't. So you're a better person than me. We've established this. Clearly. So <laughs> uh, Niners defense was unbelievable. I thought. Um, Ambry Thomas getting better while playing more. Look at that. Four weeks in a row, he started, and four weeks in a row, I think he's gotten better each game and nearly had a pick six on Sunday. Yeah, nearly did. Yeah, he, he was better. The Niners' defense was better. It was... Marcel Harris had an interception and a fumble that wasn't gone. Yeah, I mean, they got a huge break there. It was, it, although They were down dude, seven it, to three, and like Nick and I were talking, like, are they going to lose to Houston right now? Yeah. And then it was like, oh, my God, he fumbled it after getting the pick. Like, of course this happens. And now Houston's going to go down and score. And the referee's like, no, was, we we ruled that uh, forward progress had stopped and the whistle had blown. It was like, okay. Sure. That didn't happen. That first shirt. Although, I, dude, I if came Ahmad home and Bradshaw's watched the replay forward and listened, progress was stopped. Go ahead. If Ahmad Bradshaw's forward progress was stopped, then Marcel Harris's forward progress was stopped. That's where I landed. Ahmad Bradshaw. Which player are you talking about? This is a, NFC this Championship is a game. Deep cut against the Giants. Yeah. Okay. And I was at the game, Ahmad but I Bradshaw was... fumbled. Right. And then I was recovered, but they said his forward progress was stopped when it for sure wasn't. Okay, that is a deep cut. I don't remember that off the top of my head, oh, but I'm sure there are tweet, people. Tweet it, too. tweet it, Chris and I, if you remember that play. <laughs> yeah, tweet it, Kyle. He'll see it. Chris um, doesn't care about what you tweet at him. <laughs> I, I no i it's just more for my mental health just to avoid totally no, i get it i get it i don't yeah, want to talk about twitter all. okay what's more fun than talking about twitter <laughs> <laughs> um no uh the defense overall played well i mean it, it's hard for me to like really gas the defense up too much over this game because i mean they're going against a rookie quarterback in a game they absolutely had to win they dominated though against a def- against an offense that stinks. The Texans put together one drive, right, which came off the turnover, right. So I just they if you were drawing up that game, you'd want to say, yeah, hey, they they give up zero points and they give up seven off a turnover, and they they very thoroughly dominated. The interesting thing though was Josh Norman getting taken out after committing the PI. And then Dante Johnson having a couple pass breakups to to close the game. And Dante Johnson getting flagged for a PI immediately after <laughs> like the, the very game. next play. Um, it was interesting because it was it's it's pretty clear, and I don't know that Dante Johnson is going to be the starter going forward, but they have no tolerance for PIs, I guess, or at mm-hmm. least Josh Norman PIs, which makes sense given. He's just not very good. I mean, it, Norman is like, he's just not good. He's he's just not a good player. And he's absolutely an Achilles heel, but they don't really have options. Like, Don, like Dante Johnson is an option, but is Dante Johnson much better of an option? If Emmanuel Mosley can play against the Rams, you're starting Mosley and Thomas, right? Like, no question? If Emmanuel Mosley's 100% healthy, yeah. I think so. I do, too. 
I would have to think 80% I would have Manny to think about that. But it, it's like he has to be 100% probably. I mean, they're getting cooked. They're getting cooked by Cooper Cup and potentially Odo Beckham Jr. regardless. Van Jefferson. Yeah. Um, the defense played well. Eric Armstead, I thought, had a really nice game. Um, Arden Key had a good game. Arden Key's just been, you know, playing inside as a pass <laughs> rusher. Just pretty good player now. Quietly really good. On the on his sack, I think they ended up crediting it to him. But he and Armstead just wiped out the guard and the tackle. They just went one-on-one and bull rushed both of them. Destroyed the pocket. Samson Abukam came in later on the corner. But um, yeah, I think the Niners had three sacks today and Nick Bosa had none of them, which is a which is a really good sign for, for the 49ers. Like they need other guys to get to the quarterback. And that happened. Jordan Willis had a sack. Yeah, Jordan Willis came unblocked. But yeah. Yeah. I just I I like I said, in a in a game where you give up seven points and they came off a turnover, uh, there was a chance. And the reason I think it's a it's it was a significant game for the defense was A, Amber Thomas, but B, because it real quick, long term, like if Thomas continues improving and let's say he plays really well next week, all of a sudden you start to feel a lot better about where the Niners are cornerback-wise going into next year versus had he just not gotten on the field at all. Yeah, absolutely. So that's 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 why I thought Thomas playing well was, was at least semi-significant. But there was a chance, given how the Niners' offense was playing, it would have been really easy for them to be down like 17 to nothing. And... If if the defense you know has a has a hiccup here or the, here and there, and we talked about it before right. uh, before the game was Davis Mills can throw the deep ball, <laughs> and we saw it on the on the completion the fifty yard completion to Cooks that got brought back because of holding. That was a dime between Thomas and and Jaquaski Tart. So I cannot believe they didn't break that up. It was ridiculous. <laughs> he caught that. <laughs> yeah, it was, but but um. No, I just, that could have gotten ugly and out of hand in a way that they weren't able to bounce back. And the defense just let the offense hang around while they figured themselves out. It was also one of those games, and it's been kind of rare this season, but it was like Fred Warner's everywhere again. Oh my God. Like one of those where like Fred Warner sideline to sideline, like tackling everybody, being all over the place. Like he had 15 tackles today. Yeah. And uh, Marcel Harris had 10 and a pick. Yeah. We'll Marcel Harris that. had a good game too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why are we wasting so much time talking about quarterbacks when we need to figure out what the 49ers are going to do at linebacker if it's a great question. Val Shire and or Drake Greenlaw comes back? What do you do? Do you play Harris? Like I'll ultimately do you I sw- think do do the 49ers switch to a three four defense, Chris. <laughs> ultimately, I think if if you want to win against the Rams Sunday. You'd probably prefer to have Aziz in there, but if you're trying to win the Super Bowl, you you play more. <laughs> <somewhere. laughs> That's good. Yeah. I was thinking That's about really firing my tweet off for the for the column whenever it comes out. Like, I'm gonna talk about the the big decision Forty Irons have this week, <laughs> depending on health, of course. <laughs> do you think Curtis Robinson did enough on special teams today to warrant some defensive looks? 
Hey, how about Mark and Zacha being back and Niners special teams actually being solid? Look, dude, if that's it, and he's just been a free agent all year, <laughs> just on the street while the Niners special teams can't figure their lives out. It was actually a really nice day for Niners special teams. The, the, again, all of this at the caveat that the Texans are god awful. Yeah, we do. So at Niners Wire, well, at the Wire Network, every week we we get with the the opposing site editor and throw five, six, seven questions at them, and they answer it. And we post it right. So one of my questions to Mark Lane, the terrific editor of the Texans Wire, um, I said, "Who on this team?" do the Texans have to build around like, you know, who are the kind of the cornerstone pieces? It's my different way of asking who to watch on Sunday. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no one, (laughs) they have nothing. (laughs) They're going to have to tear it all down and start from scratch. And I actually thought Davis Mills looked okay. Like if you've got to roll forward with him for the next two or three years to figure it out, I think you're probably fine. If Davis Mills is like the rookie that you can kind of feel good about developing while also losing enough games to have a top five pick, like, that's not the worst place to be. Yeah. It's better than having like Brian Hoyer. Yeah, totally. As, as your bridge quarterback, at or least Teron Davis Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with that. It's, it's mostly fine. Um, but that, that roster is so bad. Like Justin Reed's okay. I guess. Justin Reed's good. Um, it was jarring to be like, cause they read off the inactives. Uh, like a few minutes before the games and it was like the first guy's like Deshaun Watson and I was like I totally forgot Deshaun Watson even exists yeah <laughs> like, he's somehow been out of the, the the news cycle recently um but yeah I mean it's they have they have a long road ahead yeah they do Houston so yeah the Niners should have won I mean they covered they should have won they should have covered um and they did which is a credit to them and the Rams are a lot better. And the Rams went and I, I haven't watched that game yet, but the Rams went and beat Baltimore in Baltimore today. Barely. Barely. Stafford um, threw a pick six. I think Stafford had three more turnovers today. Yeah. Yeah. Including one in the red zone, I believe. That sounds right. Yeah. On a strip sack. Um, but it'll th- this is gonna be a really interesting week. They here's here's my and we'll obviously later in the week get more into LA and and then and previewing that game. But if the Niners have a first half like they had against the Texans, they're not beating LA. Probably not. It'll be a lot harder. Yes. Um how would you grade? Should should we do grades or should we oh. do like scores out of 10 on Trey Lance's day? Let's do grades. People love grades. Okay. Uh, what grade are you giving Trey Lance? Gosh, I don't know. I'd have a better answer if we were doing like a scale to 10, but no, I'm going to go with like a, I think like a C. Oh, a C. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to ride the fence here. So you were he not- was f- C's he was bad. What kind of grades did you get riding the fence? C's, C's are bad. No, Bro, I went to I went to a state school. I didn't I go mean, to, I went to a Ohio community state. <laughs> so I went to a community college before Ohio State. No, uh, nothing wrong with community college, by the way. Um, 
No, I think I think I'm going with the C because he was so bad early on. And I can't get that out of my head. Like he just looked so overwhelmed in the early part of the game. And then you go toward the end. Uh, Jawan Jennings made a really nice third down catch on a ball that was just super underthrown. Uh, I just, I don't know. I was so underwhelmed by the first part of the game that I think I'm letting it color the second part of the game a little bit. But if he got an if he got an F in the first half or a D in the first half and a B plus in the second half, all right, here to see. Yeah, I don't know that he was like so bad in the first half. Like I feel like the offense overall deserves a C. I'm I'm giving so I'm giving Trey Lance a B for the game. Okay. Um, Easy grader. Yeah, maybe you're soft. That's fine. <laughs> But I, I, I mean, he averaged 11 yards per attempt on like a decent number of attempts, like 16 of 23, two touchdowns. The interception was bad, but like, like you said, they, they were functional on offense. Like they could get in and out of the huddle. He only took, he only took one sack. Um, I didn't think he used his legs as a crutch. I thought he used them for the most part as an asset. Uh, mm-hmm. I still think Kyle Shanahan is figuring out how to use Trey Lance, like especially in short yardage. Yeah. Um, and the fourth down stuff, I, I kind of want to talk about the fourth down stuff later in the week because I feel like it. we need to like go back and look at all the other fourth downs and like have a big picture conversation about it because it just seems like Kyle Shanahan will make one bad fourth down call early in a game. And then because that bad call went a certain way, he'll compound it by making a second one. Like, it seems like his bad fourth down decisions always come in like twos and threes. Yeah. It's, and and it's like, it's just very reactionary and not, and, and anyway, it's because, because Trey Lance missed the one, then you got a punt on fourth and inches and it's like, what are we doing? Um, But no, it was a B for me because Like the throw to Brandon Ayuk when he broke the tackle and and turned it into a big game. Like that was a bullet that got out quickly. It wasn't like Trey Lance took forever to get rid of it. Cause there was a time like that when Trey Lance is not playing like you'd want him to play, he's winding up and taking forever to get the ball out. Mm-hmm. But when he when he can throw it quickly, it makes him a much more effective player. Right, because the defense doesn't have time to react. That ball was out, and it hit Brandon Ayuk in stride, and he was able to make a big play out of it. The throw to George Kittle over the middle where he made the one-handed catch, that was a great throw. And mm-hmm. even, like, the incompletion in the corner of the end zone to Brandon Ayuk where he nearly made, like, a crazy one-handed catch with the defender draped all over him. That would have been unreal. There was, like, that's not even a throw Jimmy Garoppolo makes. But what impressed me about it, aside from just the willingness to make the throw when Brandon Ike was clearly covered, was that he put it in a spot to where the defender couldn't do anything with it. Right? Like it, it went to a yeah. spot where only Brandon Ike could catch it. And you're either getting a pass interference or an incompletion. You're not getting an interception. And you're giving your guy a chance to catch it. 
mm-hmm. because even like Jimmy Garoppolo last week again in against Tennessee has Kyle Juszczyk wide open and like throws it out of bounds. Right. And so just to have that element of like a capable deep thrower mm-hmm. is just super important. And I thought, you know, for, for his second career start in a game that he had to win, I thought it was, it was a decent enough performance for Trey Lance. And I'm sitting here saying he should start next week. So like, I'm going to give him a B. I'm not going to, it's, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, I should start next week, but man, he sucks today. <laughs> no, and that's all, that's all, that's all fair. Yeah. Um, I don't really disagree with anything you said. I guess I just, <clears throat> I thought he looked very, very overwhelmed early in the game. Yeah. And... I don't know if it was overwhelmed. I mean, it's hard to say. I think it, it you just like, Playing quarterback's hard, and when you don't do it for a while, it's hard to come in and and operate super smoothly. But I think he got he he said it after the game. He got into a rhythm with that two minute drive leading to the field goal, mm-hmm. and he also got he away wasn't... with a ball that probably should have been intercepted on that play. That oh, true went to the uh, went through the defender's hands into Brandon Ayuk on the on the play right before they kicked the field goal. I thought when Tom Compton was called for the false start, I was like, man, there were I think there were six seconds left. Yeah. Tom Compton got called for a false start. They moved back. I was like, okay. And so now it's a really long field goal and Robbie Gold's going to miss. And they're like, this just feels inevitable. Like right. they're going to have a bad penalty. Robbie Gold's going to miss a long field goal and they're going to go scoreless in the first half against Houston. And it's like, oh man, here we go again. But it didn't happen. They Brandon Ike made a miraculous play. They kicked the field goal. And then it felt like at least going into halftime, you're like, all right, they moved the ball a little bit. bit. Let's see if they can do it in the second half. And they did. So. One of the jarring things to me when just kind of looking at this is Trey Lance went 16 of 23 for 249, two touchdowns and an interception. And I think about that, that seems like a very Jimmy Garoppolo line, right? Like 16 of 23, 249, two touchdowns and a pick. Like that's a, that is like a prototypical Jimmy Garoppolo game. He also but it just, had a rushing touchdown that was negated by a holding penalty late that like could have gone either way. Sure. Um, it just looked so dramatically different of a 16 of 23 for 249. Yeah. It wasn't like a Debo Samuel screen and a short throw to Kittle that turned into a 33 yard gain. And it it's it was I I I want to go back and rewatch the second half to see if I'm imagining things or what. It just felt like, oh, this is just the Niners' offense, but this is what it's more supposed to look like. Yeah, and I think the numbers kind of kind of bear that out. Um, yeah, and Brandon Ayuk being the Niners' leading receiver, I th- is that the first time all year he's been their leading receiver. No. Okay. Um, but it feels notable in Trey Lance's second start, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, like getting Brandon they... Ayuk going in addition to what you potentially have with George Kittle and Debo Samuel is, yeah, is a promising development. Yeah, that, that was the other thing is the Niners, when Kittle has fewer than three catches, were four and nine going into today. 
And I think it's kind of telling that they didn't need to lean on Kittle to generate a passing offense. Speaking of George Kittle, can I tell a, a, a post-game story and then we'll get to um, uh, pick, six. pick six? Yeah. Yes. So there's the 49ers inter- interview room is is basically right next to, or it's kind of in like the entryways is in the, the club level area or the like the fancy swanky club area um on the east side of the stadium and like mm-hmm. anytime a player comes in you sort of know who's coming in before they're in the room because fans gather there and they scream at the player when they're like walking in for their interview <laughs> um and this is if you have kids in the car wherever you're listening this uh, this isn't too like too bad but like earmuffs in just in it, case i think it, i think we're an explicit pod so let it rip. okay it's always like Jimmy, Jimmy, or Kyle, Kyle, whatever. George Kittle's coming in, and so I think it was a woman screams, "Titties!" <laughs> <laughs> and George, so George is coming to look. He's like, "Did you hear that?" <laughs> <laughs> We're like, "What? What? That was that was random and funny." But um, the person planned out, planned to do that, and executed it. And I respect it. I was telling somebody else, I'm just glad because when like, so it happens a lot of the time when somebody else is already at the podium and it can be annoying because all the noise outside can drown out what you're trying. Like we're working in there. We're trying to like get quotes and like, totally. And when you can't hear things and like we're recording audio, when you can't hear what they're saying, it totally sucks for us. And a lot of times it's just fans yelling obscure stuff. If fans are going to do that, make it funny or Mm. off the wall or something at least like make it a bit a little bit because like yelling like bosa or whatever is just like all right you're you're screwing up our audio for no good reason if you yell something like that like at least it's funny and we can laugh about it we've gone too long let's go to pick six all right let's get into pick six tyler with the thing In radio terms, that's a sounder for pick six. Every week before the game, Chris picks three players. I pick three players. That's six players. That's where the bit gets its name. And it's six total players that we think need to have a good game or will have a good game for the 49ers in that particular week. Chris whooped my ass this week. It's fine because he went Chalk City. Mine are going to be more interesting to talk about. So your first pick was Debo Samuel, who just had a just kind of vintage 2021 Debo Samuel game. Your he thoughts? Had 70 trying to do math here. 82 total yards on 13 touches with a touchdown. Yeah. And really his touchdown sort of capped it. Like the yeah, game that was felt, the, that was the that was that sealed it. The it, the game felt sort of uneasy. And like you didn't really know what was going to happen, and then that big touchdown happened, the forty-five yarder in the fourth quarter, and it was like, okay, they're going to win comfortably. Well, and that felt like the hammer too, because it was, it was like, okay, they're in a stride now. Even if Houston goes down and scores here, which are not because the Niners' defense is playing so well, but even if Houston had gone down and scored there, you felt like, all right, well, the Niners are going to come back and score again. They're going to score every time they get the ball now. Yeah, and I think they did. 
Yeah, they got two field goals late. So, yeah, good game. Debo Samuel. Samuel, still the team's MVP. Yes. I, I am. A... Second pick, my first pick was Trey Lance. I get one. I think it turned out okay for me. Should we talk about Trey Lance anymore? Nah, we said okay. we didn't. <laughs> um, my next pick, third overall, was Nick Bosa. I think he. I don't. I nothing he did really stood out today, aside from the holding penalty that was that he drew on the fifty-yard completion. He did. The and Texans it's, did. It's a big so, play. The Texans were throwing a bunch of bodies at Bosa all game. And on a play where they're designing a deep shot, they block him one-on-one with a tight end. It happens. That just doesn't quite track. And the tight I mean, bless the tight end. I think it was two tight ends. There were two tight ends over there. Just whoever got him first just wrapped him up and just hugged him. Right. He beat the first guy, and then the first guy held him like by the shoulder pad while he was going after the second guy. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, the next day did not stand out, but again, that was that was a big ish play in the moment. Fourth pick, my second pick was Jimmy Ward. I said that Jimmy Ward may not show up in the box score. He had four tackles, but. Uh, the Texans' longest play of the day was a 24-yard completion to Brandon Cooks. And I said the Jimmy Ward would limit some of those big plays. He was not in coverage on the 50-yarder that was nullified. That was Jaquaski Tart and Amber Thomas. So I'm giving myself credit for the Jimmy Ward pick, even though I said I wanted to take Fred Warner, who had a way bigger day. Um, Jimmy Ward, I'm happy with that pick. When Jimmy Ward doesn't show up in the stat sheet, and the Niners' defense is not allowing big plays. Jimmy Ward's playing well. Yeah, that's his entire job. Yep, is to disallow big plays. So when he's like, when they're not even throwing at him, he's he's in the right spot. Jimmy Ward's yep. a good player. Always underrated. Jimmy Ward, really good player. Um, our property on Jimmy Ward Island is just just doing I, great. Just, I mean, it's it's uh, what's the it's when your in your investment improves. It's, I don't know. It's not improving at the rate that it was. Realtors gap. Um, it's not improving at the rate that it was, but it's still very slowly trickling upward. Appreciating? Appreciating. Thank you. Jeez. It's appreciating at a lower rate than it was a month ago, but it's still appreciating. You're the, you're the homeowner in real life here. I don't know what I'm doing. I just live here. Let's clean it up. Uh, my third pick, my last pick, fifth overall, mm. uh, Elijah Mitchell, return from injury, return from a three-game absence, uh, 119 yards, 21 carries, 5.7 yards per, 37 yards uh, long, and a receiving touchdown, two catches, 11 yards. He's good. He has a Raheem Mostert impact on their run game. He's not he doesn't look as explosive as he did pre-injury. No, but you got to figure, I think he gets back there. Yeah. I mean, it might not happen this season. The the touch, the, the, it wasn't a touchdown, the 37 yard run that came late in the fourth mm. quarter. Yeah. 
early in the year, it felt like he just runs away from everybody and scores. Yeah, you're probably right. And he's he's he hits the hole like he's he's quick and decisive and all of that, but he's not the long speed. Seems like it's different than what it was. The insane thing about Elijah's Elijah Mitchell's day was it was his first game since week 13. He had all 21 of the running back carries. Jeff Wilson Jr. had zero carries. That's nuts. Kyle Shanahan is an insane person. <laughs> it's he he will like I, I wonder what Kyle Shanahan's eating habits are. Cause I'm like one of those people where if you eat anything on the bone, whether it's like ribs or like chicken wings, like I clean the bone typically. So like, I feel like that's how Kyle Shanahan uses his football players. Like, Oh, if you're playing, I'm going to play you until you're into the ground and you have nothing left. Does that make sense? Like Elijah Mitchell coming off an injury gets every single running back carry and is not like eased back in. But it's so dramatically different than the way they've handled the backfield the last couple of years. Like Raheem Mostert was 12 to 15 carry guy and Tevin Coleman was getting some and Matt Breida was getting worked in and Jeff Wilson Jr. was getting getting touches. With Eli Mitchell, he's just like, yep, this is the guy. Yeah, it might be that like... That's an interesting point. Thanks. I think about it a lot, actually. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like the amount of like the amount of 20 carry games that Eli Mitchell has is like way more than the next highest amount by a running back in Kyle Shanahan's tenure. Yeah, and it's interesting too because Elijah Mitchell is dealing with a lot of injuries, and and the reason that Kyle Shanahan never really gave Raheem Mostert a ton of carries in a game outside of the NFC Championship game was because of the injury stuff. Yeah, I don't get it. He had 23 touches today coming back from a knee injury and he didn't practice in full at all during the week. It might be like he just views Elijah Mitchell on a completely different level than everybody else. Whereas like as good as Raheem Mostert was and knowing that he needed to play like the gap between him and Tevin Coleman wasn't all that wide. Maybe. I guess. That's only that's the only thing I could think of in like justifying it. I just thought Jeff Wilson Jr. looked pretty good the last couple of weeks and would get a couple of carries. Yeah, I'm with you. It's particularly going into the playoffs and playing against not a great team. Yeah, I don't get but it. Maybe Trey Sermon will be reactivated this week off injured reserve. Trey area. Uh, final pick, George Kittle, who had one of his uh, least productive games of the year. He had one catch for 29 yards. Shout out and a rush for six yards. Two touches, 35 yards for George Kittle. Not his most productive day. He does have a catch in all 66 games he's played as a pro, though. That's an interesting nugget I learned today. Yeah, that's good. I mean, if Trey Lance can average 10.8 yards per attempt and George Kittle only catches one pass, like that's kind of crazy, right? He had two targets. Same amount as Kyle Juszczyk, Eli Mitchell, Trent Sherfield, and Jawan Jennings. George Kittle's been targeted two times. He was he was a target on the interceptions the last two weeks. Ah, great point. Are the 49ers throwing to George Kittle too much, Mike Collin? 
is George Kittle holding the 49ers offense back? Your thoughts. Um, <laughs> no, no, trailing- I mean, I've, I said it last week. I'm baking, I'm baking way more plays in for George Kittle. Yeah, I am too. Just no matter who the quarterback is. Yes. Get him the ball. It opens up everything else. Mm-hmm. Big takeaway, Trey Lance wasn't Cheeks, and that's what the 49ers needed. Not Cheeks, Trey Lance. Um, yeah, we. this was a long pot. Is that our episode title? Trey Lance was not Cheeks? Trey Lance, colon, not Cheeks. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, between saying was between saying no, you can't make that. late no, in this episode, <laughs> and then I, I, don't wanna, I don't know if I want to go there. You can't. It would be funny, though. It would be funny. Um, Fun midweek pod lined up. We're going to talk to Mark Schofield from the touchdown wire. He does a bunch of quarterback analysis. He wrote a pre a pregame piece about what to expect from Trey Lance's second start. So I'm really interested to talk to Mark. Um, he was pretty complimentary of Lance's first start. So I'm fascinated to hear what he thinks of, of his second start. And we'll get his thoughts on whether he would he would put Jimmy Garoppolo back in in any kind of compromise if he is in any kind of compromised state of health. I'm excited for that chat. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm glad we'll finally dive into the Trey Lance discussion. Yeah. I figured we'll try and peel an onion that we haven't, we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you, what do you, should Trey Lance have been starting the whole season? <laughs> I'm, jo- <laughs> I'm joking. I'm looking forward that. to next year. I think, I'm, I'm very time. optimistic about the 49ers in 2022. Next I season, I mean. I mean, who knows with the playoffs and whatever this year. But next season, Trey Lance, like, actually being the full-time starter, like, I think I think it's very promising. I do, too. I'm going to get out of here now. Subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah, do those things. Play tonight. Play This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.